Hello, welcome to Blue Rose Podcast. I'm Karen Barner, your host. Blue Rose Podcast is dedicated for women seeking their truth who have lived their lives and they now are looking back saying, how can I make a profound difference? They want to step into their greatness. And sometimes that is where fear creeps in. So I help with the fear. If you're interested in working with me, check out my website, karenbarner.com. I am so excited about our guest today, Dr. Sandra Brownstein. Full confession, I've known her for years, but I never really got to know her until just recently. And she is, she's got so many great stories. If you want, ever want to hear one of the most interesting lives, that's it. Her life is so interesting. So Dr. Brownstein is a native Tucsonian and graduated from the great college, University of Arizona, Go Cats, with a bachelor's in medical technology and a doctorate in pharmacy. She did a residency in long-term care geriatrics with Walgreens and the University of Arizona. She's one of the first pharmacists to sit on the certification generic pharmacy and receive geriatric pharmacists of the year from the same organization. Now, were you one of the first women to sit on the board as well? Yes. Uh, yay, go women. Um, she received um, the University of Arizona Award for her expertise in long-term care geriatrics. She has been involved in many organizations such as American Society of Consultant Pharmacies, Arizona Geriatric Society. Dr. Brownstein has held many positions with several companies from bench pharmacist to natural clinical director with long-term care organizations. She is currently a geriatric pharmacist working with an independent pharmacy, Care First CareX. Let's try that again. First Care RX. She, is, she was married to almost 20 years and has two amazing grandchildren who she has guardianship of. They're 16 and 18. Yikes. <laughs> she has a summer home in Minnesota and lives in Tucson full-time. Her passion is long-term care, geriatrics, and hospice. Welcome to my podcast, Dr. Brownstein. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. That is awesome. We could sit here and talk about so many topics, yes, but we're going to get right into it. I'm sure a lot of you people out there, I, although I can't believe I'm the only one who really didn't have a firm grasp on what catfish is or catfishing. I saw that TV show once and I was like, I'm not watching this. This isn't very uplifting at all. And so in talking with Dr. Brownstein, she has been catfished and I'll let her explain what it is and all the good information. But I really wanted to have her on this show because I want to emphasize the fact that she's a doctor. When she first told me about it, I thought, well, I kind of thought it was the people that sit at home and, you know, they don't go out anywhere and they're on, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. But I guess it's not like that at all. I was so naive to this. So Dr. Brownstein, can you just give us a little background on what is catfishing? Yeah, so catfishing, and I think the catfish is because of that show and that show has been on for 10 years. In fact, the, the guy who does that show just said, I've been doing this for 10 years. People should learn. <laughs> you think that nobody would do this anymore. But um, catfishing is when you are online in a social media or in a dating site and you see a picture of someone and you respond to them, but they're not the real person. That, that's a fake picture. It's not really a fake picture. They pick them up out of the internet. And there's usually the majority of the catfishing like that we get involved in is um, people from Nigeria, men from Nigeria that have, they have a playbook. It's, it's all like works out. And um, so then they, they, they'll friend you and then you start talking to them. And then I, I don't know if they have algorithms, but they go down paths 
that, that trigger you. And they're looking for vulnerable women. And then eventually they start asking for money and then they have this whole drama story. And I've, <laughs> I've watched the show several times. And so, but in the show, they're usually young people. They're just, you know, they're messing around on, on Facebook or something and they get into this. Um, usually it's um, just emailing. There's no video usually because they're not gonna come forward. So, so I, that's kind of what catfishing is. And, and so let, um, me, let me kind of cut you off right there, because when I listen to a description, and this is kind of where I go south on it, because when I hear people talk about it, I'm like, well, okay, if they're emailing and ask for money, if somebody emails me and says, hey, Karen, hi, how are you? Can I have some money? It's a red flag, but I don't think it's quite like that. I think it's more of a process, right? Right, exactly. They groom you. They groom you by telling, they find out about you and your, your they push your buttons. So they find out your weaknesses and then they, oh, they love you and they want to marry you. And they, there's romance, um, romance scammers. And then there's military scammers where they pretend to be somebody in the military and they're, oh, woe is me. I'm out here in Saudi Arabia. Can you send me gift cards? And usually they're like video playing cards is what they want. And then there's just the regular scammers <laughs> that are out there. But they they get you, and then uh, and there are there are very vulnerable people who who are seeking love, and they're seeking that, and so they they buy into they buy into the story. My sister in law got totally taken by a Nigerian. She knew he was from Nigeria, but she wound up sending him tens of thousands of dollars. Okay, so but but let's kind of still back up a little bit because I'm still stuck on. You know, somebody again gets on on the internet. They say hi, how how are you? Do they instantly ask for money? Is there is there kind of dating, for lack of a better word, cyber yes. dating that they do before they go for the juggler? Yes. And do they research you? I mean, because I, I have a huge social media presence because I, I like social media. Do they research you on social media to kind of get a feel for who you are? How do I they don't... figure out who to get? How do they figure you out to even find you? Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. I should ask the one Nigerian guy that came forward and <laughs> confessed himself to me. But um, he, I don't, I'm not sure how they do it. I thought that maybe they went to my Facebook page because when I said something about my birthday being August 6th, the guy says, "Oh, my birthday is August 5th," and my husband's birthday was August 5th. Oh, the other thing about these guys is they'll, they'll tell you that they're widowed and they always have a child that's in, and that they are they're deployed or they're out on an oil rig, they're engineers or they're doctors on peacekeeping missions and that their kids are in um, boarding school. It's a whole playbook. I mean, it just has amazed me the last two months because I've been really going down a lot of rabbit holes with this. And when I started that on June 3rd, I really thought this guy's scamming me, this guy. And then in two months, I start. I really started to believe then he hit me up for money two months later, but, um, and I didn't send him money <laughs> just so you know, but, um, but, but because he hit you up for a lot of money because yeah, he, he went for the juggler. Yeah. And, and because, you know, through the conversations, he's like, Oh, you're a pharmacist. So they look up and see what kind of money I make. Can I make very good money? And then, you know, Oh, you have a home in Minnesota and you have a home in Tucson. And, and so they just, they feel you out. It's, it's, there used to be scams a long time ago on the telephone where people were good about calling and asking for my, my family, my gangster family. We got a call one time about so Which is another uh, podcast or another day. Yeah, but it was this guy family. called up and said he had these, these um, 
uh, tap bonds. Um, and he wanted to come out and show us. And it's the same thing now. It's like they, they in fact, the, the, when I tell my story, this guy really had it working, you know, because he had me going and then he had me help him with his bank account. And then that, then, then that led to the asking for money. And that was when it kind of blew up. But the first two months, and the, I think the more important part is not about the money. It's about the emotional attachment that you get to these guys. And for someone um, that is looking for that attention, and it's very easy to get sucked in. They tell you the right things. They send you love songs. They, you know, they, they talk to you and they're, they're very interested in your life. And they spent, I mean, this guy, I spent a lot of time on, online with him. And at night, in the middle of the night, I get up in the middle of the night because he's supposedly in Russia. And so um, I think I think it's easy to get sucked in if you have any vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And so usually the people like the ones on the show are kind of they're all kind of odd. They're all young. But there's and, and in doing this whole life thing that I'm doing, I look at people my age that, you know, it's a second act. It's like now you're you know, I'm widowed and, and I feel sorry for the poor man that's widowed on Facebook. That's truly widowed <laughs> because the, the playbook is you're widowed with a child. And so, or on TikTok, when these guys get on there, Oh, I lost my wife. I'm thinking, uh Oh, this is Kate catfish. But, um, so in, in just, just looking at life and looking at, you know, and wanting to start a new life since my husband passed away, and I'm not, and I, and I would even tell these guys, I'm not desperate to find someone. I'm, I can completely take care of myself. I'm not looking for a sugar daddy, but I'm not going to be a sugar mama either. <laughs> so, and that was kind of the whole conversations. And I even called this guy out in the beginning. I said, I bet you're a catfish. He's like, what's that? Is that a cat in, cat in the lake? And uh, so, but so catfishing is, it's very prominent. And, it is, um, and, and it, it sounds like, but I, I know in our conversations, when you started to grow suspicious of him, you kind of started to do a facial recognition type program to see if he shows up under other names. Oh, I did a thorough background check. <laughs> I have a background check program. There is one called Social Catfish that, that is kind of dedicated to the catfishing scenario. But I had, you can take a picture, the picture that they send you and you can put it out under Google pictures mm -hmm. and, and it'll tell you if there's, if there's stock pictures out there on the internet, if Google has any pictures of you, that'll come up. So I think what these guys do is they find these guys that have a lot of pictures out there and then they store them and then they slowly show them to you um, over time. So you really do believe that they're the same person, you know, that that's the person. In fact, this guy, I even talked to him on the phone and then we even video chatted at the very end of it when he when I was really calling him out. But um, and they have ways of manipulating the video chats. They use a picture and then they make it like it's a bad connection and that you can't hear them. But even in the vid in the audio, the guy sounded like he was from Africa. This guy supposedly was was um, Irish from Ireland and that he came here when he was 20. That didn't sound like Irish, but I was getting so caught up in the emotion of it that I convinced myself that, well, maybe, maybe because he's blended being in the United States. I mean, I really, for those two months was in denial because he didn't ask for money. Mm -hmm. So the joke was with all my friends, well, he hasn't asked for money yet. So he must be, you know, maybe he is. And because he was on LinkedIn and I, I see LinkedIn as, as a professional social mm -hmm. media site, but come to find out 65% of the profiles in LinkedIn are fake. No way. 
that's there was a study somebody of course somebody sent me that because i've been pretty vocal about this whole catfishing thing with my friends but it's a good thing because people there's so many people sitting out there because you also have mentioned that you know of other catfishers that they talk to the woman two or three times and they go for the um oh the yeah i had boat. another guy that yeah they go so i mean i could see why i mean this guy obviously took it longer because you're educated so he must have flipped the educated playbook open. <laughs> well, because it was on LinkedIn, I thought, well, nobody's going to catfish on LinkedIn. Facebook, Instagram is a huge place for catfishing. I've got like six or seven guys that are, you know, and I must be in some list. I was thinking, I'm probably on some bathroom wall. <laughs> Here, you want to catfish somebody stupid? Here, call her. So now I just play but with I wonder, them. I mean, I did not to interrupt you, but I wonder... I'm kind of surprised by that because I would think you've picked up on a couple bad actors. So I would think they'd put you on like the no call list. <laughs> well, there's a funny story about that because the one guy that said he was from Singapore that came forward, sent me a picture of him. He's a 22 year old Nigerian guy, even FaceTimed with me to show me his village. <laughs> I got hit, I get hit up with another request and it was the same name, but it was a different picture. So I called him out. I even sent him his picture back. And he said, how dare you put my picture out on the internet? I'm like, well, stop catfishing and don't be stupid and catfish me twice. <laughs> he used a different platform to contact me. So he didn't know it was me. And he would, but it was funny because it, it's just random, you know, what, how they do this. But there's a lot of, I mean, social media. I don't even know how they find my profile because I don't have elaborate profiles. Yeah, you don't, which makes it interesting. You, you know, you almost kind of harken back pre-internet where you know people that use you know rico rico suaves we used to call them they'd uh, go to the newspaper and look at the death notices mm -hmm. and then go after the widows so it's right. almost like the same thing but you just i mean you've opened my eyes because you have told me that so many women get caught up in this and that we've talked about how they must have this big huge computer bank and oh yeah they've got like eight different women they're catfishing at the time because this has to be their economy. Oh, absolutely. And that's what the guy from Nigeria said. He said, there's no money to be made in Nigeria. So they do this. He just had a little computer he was doing. And his wasn't very elaborate. But he did the whole FaceTime thing with me. And it would be the guy's picture. And he would shake it like it was, you know, it was him. And I, it's just, it's just amazing, the whole marketplace for this. And it makes me sad because I kind of wear it on my sleeve. And I'm very honest and open. And it's very transparent. And so when you start giving that to someone and then find out that everything they said was fake, that they had no, no intentions of anything. And then when it stopped, it stopped. But yet there's some, there's some emails out there, some, some text messages from me that the first guy hasn't seen. And then the other day he saw them because you can watch them when they open your emails Mm -hmm. So you can see them looking at you. And I went back to his LinkedIn. His LinkedIn is still there because you can report that. You can report if, if somebody is scamming. But I mean, it's just kind of amazing. Um, it's very sophisticated, much more sophisticated than you would think. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to hit upon because I wouldn't imagine it being as calculating as it is as well thought out so i mean do you have like two or three warning signs for the women out there listening to this that are thinking you know am i being catfished or there's a million red flags and i saw all of them 
but I kept thinking, no, no, this guy's legit. This guy's legit. So, so the I mean, first one, that, but the inter to interrupt again, I'm sorry, but to interrupt again, I guess it's if you see a red flag, ladies, there's a red flag for a reason. Abort, abort, <laughs> abort. I mean, I mean, if he shows you a picture and a picture shaking, if he's on an oil rig, <laughs> and well, those, or they have two first names, um, especially on Instagram, they all have two first two names like um, Andrew David. They don't have their whole name up there. They'll have a picture, and then they usually start out by saying, "How are you today?" And then some of them have really broken English. That was the other thing that that I kind of I looked for all the excuses with this guy. He had he had very nice English. He was very grammar oriented. And so usually their, their sentences are backwards because they're, you know, from Nigeria, but this guy, he, he would send me text messages in the morning, these like little love letters and they'd be huge and they'd all have proper grammar and they would, you know, and it would go through, it was like writing a little poem to me every morning. And then, and then when it started to fall apart, he stopped sending those. <laughs> so, and then he would send, um, from uh, YouTube, he would send me pick um, songs, love songs that were kind of like what was going on with us. And I think what happened with me is I felt I fell for the lifestyle that he was presenting because he was going to retire. Oh, so they're they're usually on an oil rig or they're on um, a boat somewhere, a ship somewhere, or they're doing peacekeeping missions. Usually, they're doctors. I, I've gotten one of those, a peacekeeping guy. Um, I got a pilot right now that wants to come and take me away to California so I can help raise his six-year-old daughter because his wife died two years ago. They're usually widowed and they're usually either breast cancer or some horrific um, car accident that took their, their spouse, um, usually within two to five years um, past. And now they're just trying to get out and you know meet people. They, they're quick to, to profess their love to you. It's like one or two texts and then they're, they're run, off and running. And usually they'll compliment you on your picture. And what was interesting with my picture, I had this new picture and I posted it out there. And I do have a nice smile, but they would always say, oh, you have beautiful eyes. And I'm like, you can't see my eyes. My eyes are closed. So I'm like, there's a flag. <laughs> they're complimenting a part of you that they can't really see. And um, it's all, oh, you're so beautiful. And, and they tell you all these nice things. Um, this guy got all caught up in um, my doing uh, motivational speaking. And he was going to be in the front row. And he was going to help me, you know, organize it. And um, he was going to come here. And we were going to live happily ever after. We were going to travel. And he had all this money. And then we start, he started telling me, you know, his house was worth $1.2 million in California. And that he was going to get $2 million for this job that he was on. And it kind of made sense. You know, they, it, it kind of made sense, but then it didn't make sense. I'm like, he's by himself. He's an independent contractor. Nobody's going to give you $2 million to be an independent contractor. But he'd been doing it a while. He said he was 64. He probably wasn't. Probably 22 like the other guy. It probably was the same guy. <laughs> I don't know who knows. They're like, oh, let's try this one. See if we can get her. But um, he did, I mean, you did say they all call you queen. They call you queen, or he used to call me um, sugar plum. I think there's a little kid song that's you're my favorite, blah, blah, blah. And um, so he had sent that song to me. And then he started calling me the names in the, in the song. And they'll do queen or dear. And I figured that's because they don't want to mess up and call you the wrong name. Because yeah. if they called me Karen and I'm Sandy, I'd be like, uh, you, you got the wrong text. <laughs> 
and they're very um they're very not detailed mm-hmm. now he got detailed in the in the um the lifestyle changes and stuff for me but usually it's just but he Hi, has how a are lot you? of money so he was right. going he was going big time so it was really well, he even he even when when i was said no he said well, you make such and such amount of money for pharmacy as a pharmacist. I can't believe you can't give me this money. And I had told him all along. I told him, no, I don't have any money. I have two grandkids and a, and a husband that were very expensive <laughs> for the 20 years. I always tell people I'm not marrying for love the next time. I married for love for 20 years and it cost me a lot of money. So I'm marrying for money. <laughs> so, and this guy had the money, supposedly. And then um, we talked about, you know, where we would travel and places that we've been. And I've been into a lot of places. So we had a lot in common there. I asked him if he'd ever been to Africa on a safari thinking he's going to tell me he's been to Nigeria. Then it would, the, the gig would be up. He said he'd only been to South Africa. And I thought, well, maybe that's why his accent is like that. If he's from has been so. so I was making excuse after excuse and I am not stupid. And I knew and my friends kept saying, Sandy, this is wrong. Sandy, abort, abort. And um, I just kept going thinking, no, he's going to fly to Phoenix. I'm going to pick him up. We're going to go stay at a resort and see how it goes. And the other thing I pushed back to these guys, I'm like, you don't even know me. You know, how can you say you love me? You've seen a picture of me, maybe two pictures of me. And, and they um, tend to be good at guilt. Oh, absolutely. They can turn it. There's a lot of women. A lot of women, you know, have guilt for a lot of it just for being women. Or they text, they text you. And if you don't text right back, they're like, where'd you go? Are you mad? What happened? Are you, are you ghosting me? And and so then you feel like you have to get on that. So for those two months, (laughs) you can ask my staff at the pharmacy, I had my phone right there. If he, if he texts me, I was texting him back and they make a joke about it. It's like, Jen, you're not supposed to have your phone in the pharmacy. (laughs) I'm the manager. Let me leave you alone. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. But um, so it, his story, though, you know, he was and he only talked about his wife briefly that she mm-hmm. died in a car accident, a Jeep accident. And he was handicapped out of it, blah, blah, blah. But if I ever said, well, what about your wife? He would change the subject. I'd say, well, what did you ever do this with your wife? Did you ever go travel with your wife? Uh, why didn't you have children? He said, well, my wife was busy. all the time. Oh, and he told me his wife was a pharmacist. That was where I thought was a clue that if he went to my LinkedIn site, he would see that I was a pharmacist. I spoke and all of that. Um, I don't have the most updated LinkedIn account. In fact, people keep congratulating my work anniversary and I haven't worked at those jobs for a long time. But <laughs> it's like, okay, it makes me feel better. Um, so, um, but then we got into, you know, we got into a lot and then, oh, well, then he lost his phone. That's where this all turned. Because we always you said it's very common. There's usually a phone type. Right. You know, buy me a phone, give me a phone card. That kind of, you know, so ladies, those of you that are listening to this, if they bring up phone of any kind, run. Well, they use burner phones. They use, and I did try and do a reverse lookup of his phone number that we were conversing on. Um, when I called him out in the beginning of the being a catfish, he says, I'll call you. And then we'd get to talking about something else. Well, one night at one in the morning, he called me. And that's when I thought, this isn't, this isn't an Irish man. <laughs> and it is, and I work with Cameroonians. So it, it, they sounded like him. But um, so when he lost his phone, I thought that was, I thought that was the turning point. I thought, okay, he's going to ask me to buy him a phone and send it to him. But he was on this oil rig in the Black Sea 
in um, the Republic of Georgia. And I even did all the research. I had the weather thing on my phone so I could see what kind of weather when he say it was raining. And he was always talking about the bad connection. So he would text me and say, oh, I'm sorry for the late response. I had, a, it was a bad connection. I couldn't get on. When he had his phone, he could do it from anywhere. He could do it from his little compartment that he said he stayed in. And um, then when he lost his phone, I'm like, how can you lose your phone? You're in a little compartment. You talked to me last night, you were on your phone. And so I'm like giving him all these excuses, you know, like, well, did you check the linen? Did you check the trash? Did you, where did you go? And I made a joke about the Russian women in the cafeteria. So maybe they stole it because they want to see, you know, they want your phone. And he got so mad. He wouldn't talk to me <laughs> for like a day because he's like, this is very serious. That I lost my phone. I'm like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, well, and my important documents are on there. Well, if you don't have them backed up to the cloud. So there was all these like things that you could tell that somebody was making stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, so then he went to a computer and so he'd have to go across this area to get to the computer. So that was another excuse as to why he wouldn't be on the computer. He wouldn't be online. So that was that. And then he started talking about, um, um, well, the diplomats came to do an audit, to do an inspection. And, oh, he was so happy. And he, he FaceTimed me when he um, Google um, the Hangouts, Google Hangouts. So you could, mm-hmm. it was just audio. But he audioed me from supposedly the, the land where he was going to have dinner. And he even sent me a picture from there that supposedly he took. So I'm out on the Internet looking at, well, so then one morning he, he says, oh, there's something wrong with my bank account and I need to get money to pay my, my men that are working here. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. So the next morning he says, can you go to my bank account? I, I trust you. We're going to be married someday, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to send you my account. I want you to see if you can transfer money from this account to this account. And I thought, well, that's not going to affect me because it's none of my, except somebody said, well, your IP address on your, on your computer. But, um, it wasn't any of my information. It wasn't like my bank account information. So I went online. And in the meantime, my brother comes. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing this, this checking account thing for this guy. And he's, oh, my God, he blew up. So he spent the whole day trying to investigate. And he found this guy, the pictures out on the Internet. I couldn't find them. But he found them. He spent the whole day. So the guy wanted me to take him. He wanted me to take $450,000 out of this one checking and move it to a Chase account in Colorado. Give me all the addresses and stuff. And in the checking account, it said he had $10 million in there. And we've been talking about that kind of money, you know, all, the, all the, these things. He lives in California, you know, kind of made all the sense and that, that he was going to retire. So I, I couldn't get it to go through either. So then the next day, he's like, I'm in a panic. The bank says um, there's something wrong, but I have to come in in person. I'm thinking banks are international now. You don't go into any branch anymore. Everything is done internet wise. <laughs> But the whole time I'm thinking, well, okay, I'll buy this excuse. Because I always think, what if it was me trying to do something like, not a scam, but trying to do something. And um, so so I said, well, just just get a flight and fly to wherever it is, Colorado or New York, and then fly back. You, if, if you can't, your guys aren't going to work because you're not paying them. You could do that. Oh, no, I can't do that. And so that's when he said, because you take $450,000 of your money and put it into my account. I'll give you the different account to transfer it to. And then when I get there, when I get home in a couple of weeks, I'll give you the money back when I get it straightened out. And I'm like, $450,000? Oh 
that's not like a $10 gift card. And I said, I don't have that kind of money. So I'm arguing with him about the money thing. And he's arguing about, well, if you loved me and we're, we're partners, you would do this. I would do this for you if you were. And so it just kind of blew that's up. Also, I mean, it's another tip. I mean, how mm -hmm. they understand the psychology of women and Absolutely. how he can make you feel guilty. But more importantly, how the heck he faked the bank account, which any of you guys out there know how to do that. You got to let me know because that's interesting. Well, they take they take a screenshot of the of the uh, yeah, thing, you like, logged in. So when you logged in, you would have right. seen it. Right. And so I don't know how they did that, all that, you know, and he had all of his like secret codes that he told me, you know, the, the secret questions. And and they were all ones that we had talked about, like what kind of cologne does he wear? And um, so one of them was, what's your favorite cologne? So I had to kind of guess. So I I'd text him and he said, well, you guess. And then I'd say, oh, yeah, oh that's my it. Gosh. This is no, a thing how they how they want to because I mean to me because you know I love human psychology to me it's like okay she's paying attention she knows these four or five things I've got her now it's time to go in for the kill except they went too high well you know? even even he said well is there any amount of money you can help me with he said because these guys are gonna you know I have to pay my guys and I'm like well call the company that you got the two million dollars from have them forward the money and then you can pay them back. And I'm giving them all these excuses. And the whole time I'm thinking, I am such an idiot to even have this conversation, to like even be thinking this thought when I know that it's fake and that they're just like, they're probably in a big, huge room and they got like this pimp that <laughs> makes them get all this money and collect all this money. And they're all like, oh, look, we got, we got a live one here. We got a live one here, you know? And, um, so when I, so then he was just like, well, fine, you're not going to help me. That's fine. And then he would come back and say, well, is there any amount of money that you can help me with? And then it was, can you help me with my phone? Okay. And I said, well, I have a phone. I'll send you one of my phones, my husband's phone. that It's actually still active. I said, I'll send you that phone. You can use that until you come back. No, 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 no. Can you just maybe in your next paycheck? Cause I would say, Oh, I got my paycheck, but the money's gone, which is true. But, and so he'd say, well, maybe with your next paycheck, you can send me some money so I can get a phone. Well, if you have all this money, then fix it with the bank. Because if you had $10 million in an account, man, they would be all over you. They'd fly to Russia with the mm -hmm. paperwork. If you had $10 million in a checking account. So, and I know all these things. <laughs> so but then he would, but then I start feeling guilty and I'd be like, I can't believe you're, you're doing this. And it really, to be honest, I really fell for the emotion of it. And that's the part that I think if there's anything comes out of this, it's who cares about the money part? It's you get emotionally attached. And now I'm on this dating site and I don't trust anybody because I'm like, oh, you're catfishing me. And the poor guy that's a widow is, is not going to get very far. But, yeah. um, and that's so prevalent. I sign up on this dating app. There's catfish on there. And, and, and I think, you know, to kind of wrap this up, I think the, um, I mean, the takeaways are the relentless nature to get money mm -hmm. because I've talked to you long enough that they know every trigger you have. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, like you said, it's like they have the, I picture, um, I mean, it's on laptops. I know that, but I picture this big three ring binder or even mm -hmm. an Excel. And when you say, you know, I don't have the money, they click this button. I don't have the money. It's like a sales script. Absolutely. You know, back it's, when I did telemarketing a hundred years ago, Tucson newspaper, it was a sales script we'd follow. Not 
as nefarious as that. It was just like, well, it's not that expensive. That was our line when it didn't have money. It's not that expensive. But, and yes, this is back when I actually had print newspapers for those of you that are going to newspaper. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting how they, it's the guilt. Absolutely. It's, a, it's not even the picture they build, the illusion of, you know, I'm going to love you and travel around the world. Although I think they all do that. It's that they know how to make you feel guilty enough that you give the money. And as you said with your sister, she went back and gave more knowing what was taking place, but the, the, the guilt Absolutely. and the shame. I mean, I, I always say women's biggest issues are guilt and shame and low self-esteem. And if you can link into all three of those, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we see so many hucksters in the world because they can link in on those three things. So I want to thank you so much for sharing this. Do you have any, any last minute tips before we sign off? Um, no, I just think um, just to be careful. But I think there's good people out there too. And so it's finding those good people. And um, so my, one of my friends said, you want to go out on a date? Because I never dated. So she said, I'll take you on a date. I'll pay for it. I'll pick you up. We'll go to a movie and I'll buy you a steak dinner. So we have this joke now about this. She's going to be my date. <laughs> exactly and and so i mean and you've mentioned that there's all kinds of websites out there if you've been catfished or if you think you are to to check it out sandra just said she's on linkedin so if you want to communicate with her go to linkedin (laughs) because i I mean she does want to be a motivational speaker because she wants to talk about happily ever after i mean she was able to come out the other side not damaged meaning not four hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt Although in private conversations, she's like, I might've gave a little less if you would have gone lower off the bat. Instead, this guy swang for the fences. <laughs> so I Because hope- I knew that was the trigger at the end, but I think it was more importantly, it was the emotional attachment because in those two months, I really felt like this person, the picture that I had um, was, was really true. And so it's very hard when you're, especially when you're our age, when you're my age old and <laughs> you want to start a new life, you know, I do want the happily ever after. I want the fairy tale. I don't need anybody to pay my bills. Well, it'd be nice, but <laughs> but but I've never had that life. I've always had the funding for that life, but I've never had that life. I've always been the payer. I've been the, you know, the I I make the the plans. So I just thought this guy's gonna just whisk me away, and that's what they play on. So you know, I always say when when everything when anything bad happens, you know, God always opens a window. Or there's, you know, there's, I truly believe that in our pain is lessons and in our pain is growth. And, you know, because I know you coming out of this though, you have transformed Mm -hmm. because you have more confidence. You, 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 you know, now what you want out of a relationship. So as Mm -hmm. bad as it was and as uh, terrible as that person is, and you always hope that he'll get his, although he probably lives in some really poor country and has a (laughs) a shack. Yeah, has a bowl of porridge every day for dinner because you probably gets like 10% because I kind of picture them as as kind of prostitutes. They get, make a teeny yeah. tiny little bit and they, the pimp, as you said. So ladies, I hope this helped you guys. If you have any questions, you can reach out to Sandra on LinkedIn. I think she checks it once a year or you can, <laughs> or you can let me know. Thank you all for, and Sandra, stay here. Thank you all for staying on my, you know, watching my podcast. If you like what you hear, give me a review. If you're watching us on YouTube or you have any comments or anything, please let me know. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you. That was fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) 